0: Thank you for joining us today for our River of Life podcast with Brother Bill Jenkins. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at ROLCrofferville.com. That's ROLCrofferville.com. Now, let's join Brother Bill Jenkins as he teaches from the Word of God.
1: He's got a boot on, so I figured I could beat him to the pulpit. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Are you glad to be here today? Wow. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. I am glad to be here, man. We've, we've already had church. Amen. And it's been pretty amazing. Hey, I don't normally do this, but next Sunday, I want to I go ahead and give you the title of the message I'll be preaching next Sunday. And the title of the message is How to Feel Better. How to Feel Better. How many of you would like to feel better? (laughs) Billions of dollars are spent every year on people trying to feel better. And there's a little known secret tucked away in the New Testament that tells us exactly how to feel better. In fact, it tells us how to feel better even when we feel bad. Amen. And so uh, I want you to be back next Sunday. I'm excited. About this message, but i 'm also excited about something else. God has done an amazing thing. You are right now in one of the most unique churches in all the world. Somehow, some way, God has put this amazing team together. a team of preachers preaching pastors. <laughs> we have Pastor Chuck Coburn, yes. we have Pastor Brian Blackwell. Uh, we have pastor Bill Jenkins, or maybe I should say evangelist, Bill Jenkins. Uh, we have pastor Al Terrell and we have pastor Derek Gray. I'm telling you, man, God, you see, God has brought together a lot of different skill sets, uh, to speak into the life of this church. Yes. And I tell you, I, I had people a couple of years ago tell me, this will not work. Trust me, God knows what will work and what won't work. Amen. And so, anyway, today, I don't normally introduce people, but I want to introduce <laughs> to you my favorite evangelist, Dr. Bill Jenkins. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. You'll find our
2: scripture this morning in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, Pastor. I uh, have the privilege of traveling and preaching in other places. And, uh, in fact, next week when y'all are enjoying such a wonderful sermon by our pastor, we will be up in North Mississippi. So you'll pray for us as we travel. And uh, thank God for every opportunity to open the word. Now, you've found Hebrews chapter 11 by now. Surely we'll wait on the pastors to find it, give them a moment. (laughs) three commercials real quick number one we are going to the holy land and uh, you can go with us if you so desire there's a sign up sheet in the back uh number two uh our 50 plus ministry is still very active if you know of a need in our church body somebody needs to have somebody come alongside them and help them in this hour please contact me we will see that it gets done there's a third announcement and i forgot what it was aren't you glad sir Miss Beth is back, yes. God's still answering in prayer, amen. You've got your Bible there in front of you. Let's turn to the pages of God's Word. Hebrews chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 23. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, He was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. That literally means that he was able to see into the future the unseen. And he had recompense. He had regard to what God had in store for him. Look down if you will again please. Verse number uh, 27. By faith he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured. As seeing him who is invisible and through faith he kept the passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he had destroyed the firstborn that should touch them now you'll join me in prayer please father i simply ask for you to be exalted today i pray lord god that somehow god you would give us a glimpse into what this precious word is trying to reveal to us and help us lord god to leave with a greater understanding Father, it's great to be in the house of God. And we're thankful, God, for this privilege and this honor. Thank you for for this church and this, this pastor and this staff. But, God, we've come to worship you. God, we bow in your presence. We're walking on holy ground this morning. And, God, may you be exalted. May you touch lives. God, I'm praying, speak to the hardest heart that's here today. And encourage the softest. And, God, I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you about making choices. Today, we live in a world where you have to make choices every day. I mean, look, you got to choose what kind of shampoo you're going to use, right? Be careful with that. And then, then you've got to choose your toothpaste. You, you, you've got to choose what kind of toilet paper you're going to make. Let, let me just say that with all of the choices that we've got to make, it seems like that we would be a little bit better at making them, doesn't it? But that's just not the way it is. In fact, what we find, if we're honest, is that the reason we don't like making choices is because when we make choices, things change. And we really don't like change, do we? We like things to, to, to be the same. My dear friend, Greg Batwell, is here this morning. He's a dear friend of mine. We were talking earlier, and I asked him, could I use this? And he said, yes. Last week on social media, he posted this. He said, when two people love each other, there is nothing that is impossible except deciding where to eat. Amen. He said, Preacher, it's gotten so bad now that when I ask her where do you want to eat, and she says, I don't care. I just pull over, you know, with the price of gas, I just pull over on the side of the road and stop. <laughs> you know how it goes. Where you want to eat, I don't care. Just anywhere, fine with me. Well, how about Italian? No, we I don't really want Italian. Well, 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 what do you want? Well, it doesn't matter what I want, I just go wherever you want to. It'll be fine with me. Well, why about Mexican? No, I just really don't want Mexican. To and it really doesn't matter because regardless of what restaurant you go into, more than likely she's going to order a salad. <laughs> Amen. I have found that that most of us, when it comes to making choices, we're like the guy who's filling out the job application and he comes to the question, Are you good at making decisions? And his answer is yes and no. The truth of this passage jumps out in front of us. Here it is. Don't miss this. The decisions that we make today affect our lives tomorrow and forever. And it affects the lives of our children and our children's children. Now, you've got to deal with the obvious when you come to Hebrews chapter number 11. It's called the Hall of Faith. And the reason that it's called the Hall of Faith is because 24 different times that little word faith is found in this passage of Scripture in the King James Version of the Bible. One time it's it's the word faithful, but 24 times it deals with faith. And so if you are to understand what faith is, you must go to the Word of God. And you're not to, left to speculate or guess. Look at verse number one, if you will. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number one. The Bible says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It, 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 excuse me. It is, it is the evidence of things not seen. Now according to this passage, faith, biblical faith is being able to see The unseeable. And it is be able to hope. In that which is past. Your understanding. When you come. To Bible faith. It is so extraordinary. That we see very little evidence of it in our world today. And the problem with that. Is Hebrews chapter 11. And verse number six, here's what your Bible says. Your Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. No matter what else I do, if I'm going to be pleasing unto my heavenly father, I've got to operate in a realm that trusts him to do that which is unseeable. I've got to trust him to complete and to fulfill all the things that I am hoping for. I'm going to come to a place where I'm believing the word of God in Ephesians chapter number 3 where the word of God says that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask Or think according to the power of God. The spirit of God that is working within me. Now I want to go to our scripture. Now understand this. That God is going to lead you in your life. To a place. Where you're going to have to make a decision. Not based on what you can see not based upon the way things have always been but god by design is going to lead you to a place where you are going to have to make a decision based solely on your faith in him you said preacher you got scripture for that i'm so glad you asked (laughs) first peter chapter number one verse number seven now here's what the word of god says that the trial of your faith. God's going to try. You're, you say I got faith. I'm glad you got faith. Because God is going to try your faith. The Bible says. Being much more precious than gold that perished, Though it be tried with fire. That it might be found to the praise and the honor and the glory. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now what that verse of scripture says. Is that God's going to put me into a place. Where all I can do is just trust him. And once I get to that place and I activate my faith and I trust in a God who cannot fail, then when he shows up and he shows out, it'll be for the glory of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, this thing never been about you. We get so wrapped up in who we are and what we are and what we've accomplished. And dear friend, I just want to confess to you right now. You've not done anything but by the grace of an almighty God. Your heart beats because God determined it. Your lungs breathe because God determined it. You're sitting in this church this morning. And by the way, that was a very good choice to make. But you're here by the grace of God. And God's going to bring you to that place. And he's going to put your, tri- your faith in the crucible. And it's going to be more precious to God. Listen, he said when you put gold in the fire. And you begin to heat that gold up until it literally perishes. Wonder how hot that can be. Over in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12 he says this. He says, beloved, so we know he's talking to the church. He says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. That has beset you as though some strange thing happened to you. For this is the will of God. You're going to come to that place. Where you're going to have to make that choice. As I read this scripture, I want you to notice in verse number 23. Moses' faith began with his parents. I did not do that. Verse number 23 says this by faith, Moses, when he was born, when he was born, did you see that? He was hid three months of his parents. Now you can read this story over in Exodus chapter one and chapter number two. The word of God says Israel's been down there. They've been in captivity. Uh, they're living in the land of Goshen. They've all become slaves by this time. Joseph and all of his brethren, they're all forgotten now. And, and the new Pharaoh's come on the scene and he doesn't like them. He's afraid they're going to be outnumbering them. And so he passes this decree. He says, we're going to kill all the Hebrew babies. And uh, he, he even got the midwives in on him. He said, "When you go to the birth, if it's a little girl, you let her live. But if it's a little Hebrew boy, don't tie his navel off and bleed to death. Let him die." But the Bible says that Moses' parents, Abraham and Jochebed even though they knew the law of the culture of that day, they said, "Man may say this." But we're gonna seek to please God, and they hit him for three months. I was thinking about these little babies up here a while ago. I was thinking about the the faith of the parents and how that it's got to be passed down to the children. Three months they hit him. Then they then they made a little ark and they they took that little. Uh, basket if you will and it's coated inside and out with pitch so it won't sink and and they put the little how much faith does it take to put your little baby in a little ark three month old baby in a river filled with crocodiles oh yeah and they put a little baby in there and they covered him up and the sister miriam she's going along the seashore and she's watching to see what's going to happen and god (laughs) don't you love it when god shows up God gets Pharaoh's daughter to go down there and she's taking a bath and she sees this little basket and she gets the basket and the Bible says in Exodus chapter 2 she knew it's a Hebrew how'd she know was a Hebrew? because he'd been circumcised all the Hebrews were circumcised little boys Egyptian boys were not and she knew it was a Hebrew little boy and she said what are we going to do about this and here comes Miriam and she said hey (laughs) looks like you've got a problem You're going to need somebody to nurse that little baby. Would you like me to go find somebody? And she said, why sure, go do it. And so she goes to her mama and says, hey, mama, you ain't going to believe this. (laughs) Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and she needs somebody that'll suckle him and raise him and everything. Mama, why don't you go apply for the job? And so mama goes down there and says to Pharaoh's daughter, hey, how about me raising that little baby for you? And she said, that'd be wonderful. And she gets paid to raise her own child. You don't know what God's going to do until you begin to exercise in faith. And by faith, he's allowed to nurture and grow him up and to bring him up. And listen, the whole time, Pharaoh's daughter, she's feeding him all this stuff about the gods of Egypt and about how Pharaoh ought to act and this, that, and the other. Moses' mama's over here, Jacob, she said, hey, baby, that when you were born, God put his finger on you. We knew you were a precious child. We knew you were going to be used of God. And and, and she's just feeding him the whole time. All this into his life. She's been putting putting this into his life. Putting this into his life. Putting this into his life. So that the Bible says. And you've got it right there in front of you. Verse number 24. And by faith. Moses. When he was come to years. He refused. To be called Pharaoh's daughter. Now listen, the word, the the phraseology here is very important. Uh, The little word that's used here in the Greek is megas genominos. It literally means a great man. Moses has become a great man. In fact, Acts chapter 7 verse number 22 says this. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and in the mighty words and deeds. He has become a great man man 40 years old we're told how come it took him so long you need to understand he's between two worlds he's just like a lot of you today he's between two worlds he's got the egyptian world over here pulling on him all the time uh josephus in his commentary said that this particular pharaoh that moses is raised up under only had four daughters and and, and he was, he would have been as, as, as the grandson of Pharaoh. He would have been next in line for the throne. And this, this is being taught to him. This has been pulled. This is all the riches of Egypt. It's been laid at your feet. You are as Pharaoh. You will be Pharaoh possibly one day. You could have it all. On the other hand, there's his mama. And mama, she's telling now listen, God's put his hand on you. God's drawing you, God's wanting you to serve him. God's wanting you to trust him and he's pulled just like some of you are today. This world and all of its, it's drawing is doing everything it can to take you away from God. It's doing everything it can to break down all the standards, all the morals, all the teaching that you've ever heard about the things of God. He's wanting to replace those with the things of this world. And at the same time, thank God we've got a pastor. Thank God we've got a church. Thank God we've got still a remnant of people that believe that the Bible is the word of God and it's worth studying and it's worth teaching and it's worth changing the people's lives. Notice what your Bible says. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen, choosing rather... To suffer the affliction with the people of God. Than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasure of Egypt. And then this phrase. For he had respect under the recompense of reward. He made a choice. He didn't come to it lightly. If you'll notice the phraseology of the Bible. The Bible says that he chose. That he considered. Verse 26. He esteemed. In other words. Here's this great man. That is destined for the throne of Egypt. And he's thinking. He's considering He's weighing out the possibilities. He's looking on the one side. The Hebrew slaves. On the other side. The the Egyptian. And all that it's got. And in the process of This. He's, he's, he, if, he, if he throws away this, he can get this. If he throws away this, he can get this. He can't have both. Do you see that? So, what makes you think you can have both? What makes you think that you can hold on to the world and all of its pleasures and all of its riches and then hold on to God at the same time? It is an impossibility. No man can serve two masters. For one he will hate and he will love. Or one he will love and one he will hate. No man can serve God and this world. That's Bible. And if you're ever going to be used of God. You've got to make a choice. And you need to put some great thought into it. You need to put some esteeming into it. You need to make a decision. That's going to last for eternity. And as as Moses made his choice. He esteemed all the treasures of Egypt. And he makes this statement. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Dr. Tony Evans, in a sermon I heard him preach recently, made this statement. He said, if you're not enjoying sin, you're not doing it right. There's pleasure in sin. That's the truth. But don't miss the companion truth. For a season. It runs out quickly. Doesn't it? Yes. Satan always pays off. And fools gold. And pays pearls. The things he, that you thought were going to last forever. They diminish quickly. Time tarnishes everything. But look at the other side of the choice. The Bible says. That he esteemed the riches of, of all of Egypt. And then he esteemed. The affliction of the children of God. Get a hold of this. (laughs) He said, all I can see is a bunch of slaves out there. But I know that God is with them. They're the children of God. And I may not be able to see what all God's going to do. But that old there is going to diminish and deteriorate and be destroyed. The children of God will last forever. Amen. And he esteemed it greater riches to serve God. In fact, the, the terminology there says that, then as part of verse number 26, for he had respect under the recompense of reward by faith. He couldn't see it by faith. He had no idea what even to hope for. But by faith, he chose to follow after God. I love this from the Bible Believer's Commentary. It says, Moses, in his adult years, he made his choice. He would not hide his true nationality to win a few short years of earthly fame. The result, instead of occupying a line of two of hieroglyph- me, hieroglyphics on an obscure tomb, he is memorialized in God's eternal book. And instead of being found in a museum as an Egyptian mummy, he is famous as a man of God. <laughs> He chose the negative to say no to the things of the world, the positive to say things to the yes of God. Now let me just, this, this, I'm all, this is my parenthetical phrase, not going to cost you a dime extra, okay? The one thing that he could not do, the one thing that you cannot do, is do nothing. You can't just not do nothing anything it's kind of like I was over in Panama City last week and they've got this uh the museum over there that everything in it is made out of wax y'all been to those things and they've got some villains in there and they've got some presidents in there and they do you know I went in there I could not find a one of them cussing not a one I couldn't get a one of them to tell a lie I couldn't get them to do anything at the same token I couldn't find any of them that go to church with me I couldn't get a one of them to make a profession of faith. They just did nothing. And unfortunately, in Christianity today, churches are filled with wax figures. We are presented with the choice of changing the world for the glory of God. The same power that was in the disciples to turn the world upside down is in you and I through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. All that's got to happen is we've got to come to the place where we get up on the altar and surrender it to God and say, God, here I am. Use me and God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can believe or think. But rather than trusting God, we choose to do nothing. You'll be surprised as a number of people that believe Christianity is not cussing, it's not lying, it's not running around and getting drunk. It's not all the things they don't do. That's not Christianity. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save those who are lost. He came into the world to make an impression and an imprint. And he has called you to do the same thing. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. You are his ambassador. Moses, by faith, did the impossible. Look at what your Bible says. The Bible says, verse number 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt. Now, he didn't fear the wrath of the king. He didn't care what the culture said about him. He didn't care about what the people in the big seats said. He forsook Egypt, and he endured As seeing him that is invisible. Let me give you another parenthetical phrase. This one won't cost you nothing either. Okay. The word of God says. He saw him who was invisible. You want to see God. There's a key in this verse of scripture. If you're ever going to see God. Listen to what it says. Not fearing the king. He endured. As seeing him who is invisible. If you're ever going to see God work in your life. You're going to have to come to the place of endurance. Moses got ahead of God. I know the story. You know the story. He became presumptuous. None of us have ever been guilty of that, right? We we never tried to to do God's work for God, did we? And so he killed an Egyptian. And for, for the next 40 years, he's on the backside of the desert. For 40 years, he's smelling sheep. God has placed his hand on him. God has promised him to be a great man of God. God's going to use him. And there he stands, leaning on his shepherd's staff, wondering, how in the world did I get here? I was destined for the throne of Egypt. And here I am looking at sheep. And then the Word of God said he saw something as impossible. He saw a burning bush. And he said, I think I'll turn aside and I'll see this. And so he turned aside and went over there. And when he got there, God spoke to him. What would you trade in your life right now to hear God audibly speak to you? What would God say? Moses, pull your shoes off. <laughs> yeah. you see as long as you still got them shoes on you're too high yes, sir. it's only a half inch sole but you need to get that out of the way oh. if you're going to be my man oh. you got to humble yourself you got to get down on base level yes, First Corinthians chapter number 1 God hath chosen mm. the foolish, the ignoble, the base that he might do miracles through Oh, dear friend, if you're ever going to seek God, you're going to have to endure some things. You're going to have to go through some storms. You're going to have to get to that midnight hour. And then and only then, by faith, trusting in a God that cannot fail, he'll deliver you. Look at verse number 28, if you will, please. The Bible says, through faith, he kept the Passover. What is that? When God took him down back to Egypt, he is now 80 years old. Yeah. God takes him back to Egypt and God goes through these 10 plagues where he's chastising the people of of, uh, Egypt. And he's delivering Israel with a high hand. But the 10th plague is this. He said, I want you to go, Moses. And I want you to stand before Pharaoh. And I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And if he said, no, you're not going nowhere. You tell him. There's going to plague There's going to be a plague that's going to pass through Egypt. And every firstborn child is going to die. And then he goes back to his people, Israel. And he tells them, y'all believe in God? Yeah. Y'all believe that I'm the man of God? Yeah. God told me to tell you. You get you some blood. You put it on the doorpost and the lintels Not on the threshold. The, you don't walk on the blood of Jesus. The threshold. And you cover it with blood. And God says. When I send the death angel. Through the land of Egypt. And I see. The blood. I'm going to pass right on over that house. And no death will come. And they had a choice. By faith, believing what the man of God said, they put the blood. And when the death angel saw the blood, he passed over. Well, what about, what about those good Israelites? They, they just, you know, they, they never did nothing wrong. They, they were good people. They, listen, we knew them. They, they had money. They were good folks. But if they didn't put the blood, That's right. their firstborn died. don't know if you know this or not but our God is a God of reputation yeah in fact he's still in that same mode today and this is what he said he said I'm going to give my son as a sacrificial lamb just like the Passover lamb in the Old Testament and his blood at your choice can be added to your life and when I see the blood I'll pass over you. In fact, 1 John 1, verse number 7, the Bible said the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. Just like Moses, you have a choice to make. And it's a choice you can only make by faith. You say, well, preacher, I just can't see it. I don't feel it. I don't understand it. No, and you never will. There comes a time in your life when you must trust the Word of God. And the word of God says that if you shall call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And you can anchor that down. That's the word of God. And all that's that's needed to activate that in your life is for you to make the choice. You to say, yes, God, I want to be saved. I want the blood of Jesus to come. I'm not proud of what I did last night. I'm not proud of what I did yesterday or last week or last month or last year. I'm not proud of the mistakes I made. God, I want you to come. I want you to cleanse me of all my sin. For the Bible said if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God, I want that. And you can have it this morning. It's your choice. Now, most of you are already saved. Let me tell you this. God wants more out of you than to just be a wax figure. He wants to use you mightily. You said, Brother Bill, I I ain't nobody. I'm just a, listen. (laughs) You're somebody in the kingdom of God. You're a royal priesthood. But you've got to be willing. You've got to make that decision to climb up on the altar. Paul begged us in Romans 12.1. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And when you do that. Not being transformed by this old world in which we live. But being rather transformed by the Holy Spirit of God. God begins to work in you. His divine plan. But it will never happen. Until you make the choice. This morning. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this privilege and this honor. And God, I'm praying that right now the Holy Spirit of God would walk up and down every pew in this building. Touch hearts. Change lives for the glory of God. There's some folks here today, they truly need to be saved. They don't need to join another church. They don't need another baptism. They need to meet you face to face. And they need to be gloriously, magnificently saved without a question, without a doubt. They need that today. And it's their choice. There are others. and They've questioned God. Why don't you use me? God, what's wrong with me, God? You use that old bald-headed fat man. Why don't you use me, God? God said, I'll be glad to use you. I saved you to use you. And all you have to do is climb up on this altar become a living sacrifice. It's your choice.
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.